Welcome, everybody, to the Coda Shane Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andy Rourke. Guys, I got two friends in today, uh, Dave Cowan and Jeff Backus. They are the hosts of the Vet Tech Cafe podcast. We talk about that a little bit getting started. And we come in, and I started to talk to them. I wanted to talk to them about lessons learned from uh, you know, their years of interviewing, mostly veterinary technicians. And we immediately found the path that I was really interested in, which was when they talked about when they met each other and were both basically burned out and thinking about leaving vet medicine. And um, I said, oh, man, is that common. Gosh, do I hear that from, uh, from technicians, including uh, boarded technicians like they are. I just hear this a lot of, you know, I reached this point and I was thinking about leaving the profession. I was, I was, I was ready to get out. And so we stopped there and just started to unpack the lessons they have learned about, uh, about when we reached the point of thinking about leaving the profession. And so we get into that and we talk about Headspace. We talk about all the people that they've interviewed and what lessons they've learned and what keeps them engaged and things like that. But it is really an interesting conversation. It's a lot about technicians specifically, but it's it's also a lot just about burnout. It's about the stresses of our profession. And it's about the idea that just because you have done something, it doesn't mean that you have to do it forever. It, just because you've been in that medicine for 10 years, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to continue practicing as you did for the rest of your career. I think a lot of times we put that weight on ourselves, but it's not real. We, we, we make it in our own minds. So anyway, uh, that's, that's the episode. That's what we're here and talking about. So guys, Let's get into this. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Welcome to the podcast, Dave uh, Cowan and Jeff Backus. How are you guys? We're doing great. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. I'm glad that we could sit down and talk. Uh, For those who do not know you, you are both veterinary technicians. You both have veterinary technician specialties in emergency and critical care. And I met you as uh, you two are the hosts of a podcast called Vet Tech Cafe. And, uh, and you invited me to be on a year ago and I just had the most lovely time. Yeah, it was great. We and enjoyed so talking I was, to you. I was, it was, it was yeah. really good. I felt, I felt very honored because it is very rare to have a veterinarian on the That's podcast true. as you guys true, tend, yeah. to, uh, tend to talk to technicians. So that was quite an honor for me, yeah. but I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the conversation so much. I thought it's been a year since I was, since I came and yeah. met with you guys. Yeah. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about sort of your podcast. I want to talk uh, mostly about uh the veterinary technician sort of space and culture and things like that and i want to talk about that because it was funny you know um when we were here doing the sound check getting ready for the podcast uh our producer said so oh wow so you guys you <laughs> you are you are techs you work with techs you also do the podcast is like you you guys are are putting on the cape and, yeah, <laughs> and going yeah. and doing <laughs> doing the thing and uh and i just i thought that was i thought that was funny but let me let me go ahead and just start this out. Let's talk a little bit about Vet Tech Cafe and kind of what it is before we start to get into what it sort of means for technicians. But like, yeah. So, what was the vision for what was the vision for your podcast when you got started? <laughs> you know, it was uh, honestly. I mean, Dave and I met when we were doing our specialty certification several years ago, and we were at IVEX in 2019. 2019, 2019 in, yeah. in DC. We were sharing an Airbnb and. 
we were just hanging out one night after lectures and and we were both in the same like do we want to keep doing this or do we want to get out of vet med kind oh, of headspace we were we were both kind of not in a in a great spot in veterinary medicine and and then we kind of started talking about this podcast somehow the conversation shifted to that and and got us really thinking about all the cool things and cool people we knew that were doing these cool things and that kind of like reinvigorated us and yeah we talked for a couple hours and then the next day we were like so are we doing this yeah <laughs> <laughs> and 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 now almost five four years later here we are yeah yeah, yeah. and it was more about the the fact that you know we were frustrated we we're like is is there something we could do that's different because all we knew was clinic work right because yeah. we worked on the floor for 20 some odd years and uh you know we were both frustrated in our jobs and frustrated with where you know our career was kind of stuck and we said there's got to be something else out there and you know we it, it shifted to a, a talk about a, a podcast. I don't, I don't exactly remember how we shifted to that, but then yeah. but we said there's nothing really in the podcast space for technicians. There's a lot for That's the true. field. There's a lot for veterinarians, uh, but nothing really specifically for us. And we're like, we should probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I love that you did it. I, I think there's a lot of people out there doing doing really good stuff. The specific thing I, I liked about the way you set it up was, um, well, it's kind of what, what I started trying to do with here with the cone of shame was it, um, there are people out there I, wa I wanted to talk to and sort of give a platform to. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't that you guys set out, or at least not since I became aware of you, it wasn't that you were like, we want, we want people to hear us. It was more like, we'd like to talk to these other people mm -hmm. yeah. and sort of learn from them. And I just think that that's, it's almost like a, it's almost like a service position in that way of trying to to shine the light on what others are doing. I, just, I think you guys have do that. I think you do that really well. I encourage people to take a look at your podcast and look at the episodes that you have. It's really it's fascinating to hear you talk about that about how you met. And so you know, I get to talk to some of the most successful people in the world in you know in our industry, and the proportion of highly successful technicians that tell me I can't, I don't. I don't want to do this anymore mm -hmm. or yeah. that that they went through that period it's enormous mm -hmm. i mean it's it's usually after we turn the microphone off or whatever they'll be like god i was so burned out you know uh, two years ago i i was i was trying to get out. or or they'll be like yeah i'm thinking about doing something different mm -hmm. and i just it seems to be such a widespread problem of people just getting tired um yeah. tired of the technician role and sort of burning out I, I've had also had people who have come to me and asked the same questions that, that you're asking each other, which is what else is there, you know, or say, you know, I'm, I'm in my forties, I'm, I'm into my fifties, my body's not holding up like it used to. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I have this background, I have this experience, I may have this advanced training, but I just, I don't know if I can keep doing that. Talk to me a little bit. So when I when I say that, do you think that your position of I you know do we want to get out of the industry? Do you think that that's common? Oh, very common. Yeah, very yeah. common, very common. Um, I when we started, I was living in New England. Uh, my wife had just graduated vet school, was doing a couple of internships in Rhode Island, and I I was working at Tufts University and working in academia darn near broke me and I, I was ready to get out. Um, I was ready to go pour beer at a brewery. That was going to yeah. be my next step. And we were coming back home to California. Um, and you know, we had started this podcast, which uh, frankly, for me, I have found so reinvigorating for this career, hearing from people that are, that found their niche and found mm -hmm. what they love to do 
and they've carved out a path and a career for themselves because like Dave was just saying, I mean, we're ECC techs. That's what we're boarded in. And sure, you can move around to other ERs or ICUs or maybe even move into different departments in the hospital, but you're still in the hospital. Yeah. And it, it's it, so it was, you know, kind of a little bit of a narrow focus. But has, with all of these guests that we've talked to and all of I mean, we have learned so much about so many things that we didn't even know existed right. after 20 some years in the field. So it's been really, really reinvigorating for my career, especially. Yeah. Yeah. And I just I mean, you don't know this, but Jeff and I are both extreme introverts. And when we said, oh, we're going to start a podcast, my, my partner, she's like, the guy who doesn't want to talk to anyone is going to have a podcast. I'm like, yeah, that's different. And and the the fact that we can, we can do that and talk to these people and bring their stories to our listeners, I, I, that's amazing because it, we've, we've gotten feedback from a lot of people saying, you know, I want to try that. I want to do that. And, mm-hmm. and kind of going down yeah. that path of saying, yeah, I'm tired doing this too. So what else can I do? So I think a lot of us, list, a lot of our listeners listen to us because they want to f- figure out something different to do, which right. is kind of the whole point of starting the thing, right? Yeah. And, and there, and there really is a lot you can do as a veterinary technician under the umbrella of veterinary medicine. There, there are a lot of roles and careers inside and outside of the clinic that are out there. And I, and I think now in 2023 with remote jobs mm-hmm. and I mean, there's more than there's ever been. But a lot of us just don't know how to find it or don't yeah. know what those jobs are. And, and so talking to some of these people that figured it out and are doing it, um, it it's just it, it's awesome. To, it's mm-hmm. awesome to listen to from my perspective. Take Taking a step back from the path, which is sort of looking at alternate ways to practice. If if someone came to you now in the position that you were in when you started and they were like, oh, man, you know, I just, I'm thinking about getting out of the profession, like just leaving vet med in general. I'm not sure if I want to, but I'm really, that's kind of where I am. Um, based on your experience and then also the, the you know, hundreds of people that you've talked to, what kind of roadmap would you build for somebody like that? You know, what would you give, give me a quick action step. Give me a treatment plan well, for, for someone who who's there. Yeah. And, and again, you don't exactly know what's going to work and right. it's going to be different, but yeah. But if they came to you and said, I need a treatment plan, Give me, you know, what are, what are the what are the steps, things like that, and so so let's um let's start let's start with headspace, uh, you know, is what I like to talk about. It's just before we get into what would you do, just philosophically, what have you come to to believe about when you're ready to leave? Is that I mean, where where would you try to get them in their head to you know to look at the profession or look at the options? Would you be optimistic? Would you would you tell them no, nah, this may be unavoidable? I mean, what what would you try to get them to 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 visualize for themselves. Well, first, first thing is, do you want to be in this field? That's, that's my first question. Um, You know, figure out why did you get into this field in the the beginning and then find out is, is that still true? And I'm going to refer back to something you told us when you were on the show, find out what you love to do and find ways to do more of it. And if, if working on the floor is not what you want to do, figure out where you can go from there and, you know, figure out what it is that you like doing in this field and and figure out ways to do more of it and the other the other part of that is this field isn't for everyone so if you're two three years in it and you're burnt out already maybe this isn't the field for you um for jeff and i I, and and that's okay that's perfectly fine um don't don't stay in it if you're going to be miserable because we've got plenty of miserable people in this field that <laughs> we don't we don't we've got enough miserable yeah we've people. got enough miserable people we don't need need to add to it um and and just figure out what you like to do and and find ways to do that 
I, it's fascinating to me that you just own it. Like this might not be the place for you. I, I think that yeah. that's true. Uh, I, I love the candor and just, and just sort of saying that. So I'm not, why, well, and why do you want to be here? I think that's good. And, and I think on our side of the spectrum too, like, I mean, our schooling, if you, if you go the traditional AVMA route, it's only two years. Yes. There's some student debt associated with that, but there are so many assistants that come into the field that aren't, uh, that haven't gone through the educational path. So I, I don't feel like they have the the burden of the the undergrad and the four years of vet school yeah. and the the debt, the level of debt associated with that. So it, it it's a it's a little bit easier to exit yeah. if if you know if so desired. Um but you know I, I think to Dave's point is like you work in a clinic for a little while, maybe that becomes stagnant, maybe it doesn't interest you any longer, or sometimes people just get promoted to supervisory or managerial roles that yeah. they, they're not thriving in, that they don't love just because they were the most senior person there, and that's taking away from their love of the job. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of like, like Dave said, getting back to what drew you to it in the first place. Like, yeah. if you want to be on the floor, just be on the floor and... and take yourself out of those other roles or if you don't want to be on the floor anymore then then okay what about being on the floor did you like and what kind of things can you do with that that are just no longer on the floor well, anymore there's this there's this narrative that the career path especially for paraprofessionals but even for doctors but but definitely for paraprofessionals the career path is upward into management and you're like why is that? Why like why would that be true necessarily? You know, like the the thing that makes you a, a great you know practitioner on the floor that doesn't prepare you to manage other people. In my right. experience, right. you know, um, and the fact that you, it, what about you said that this is what you kind of wanted to do? Um, I think one of the biggest challenges for technicians, and it's it is also true for doctors. I think I think both are sort of opening up now, but it used to be there was a there was a hard ceiling, uh, development ceiling at the clinic level of, Hey, well, this is, you're, you're a new tech and now you're an experienced tech and, and that's, that's the it. end yeah. of, mm -hmm. yeah, that's mm -hmm. it. And next step, manage. Congratulations. You made it. <laughs> you made yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, do you, do you guys, so first of all, actually, let me, let me pause here and just sort of say, do you think, because you're both in emergency critical care, do you think emergency critical care is worse as far as people burning out or over a certain period of time they go i don't want to i don't want to do this i've always wondered if if the lifestyle that's usually associated with it if that puts more stresses on people or if you disagree i i would say i agree i, I think that i mean i think each individual facet each specialty deals with its own things that make it more difficult than than others in certain areas but i will say for emergency and icu the off hours um i I will say I did overnights exclusively for 15 years and it's, I mean, the toll it takes is not worth the $2 an hour shift differential. Um, but also I think the, the level of the cases and the, um, the frequent interaction with futile care and just cases that are, we know are not going to end well and still, you know, pouring everything that we've got in such a high volume of those cases, I think it takes a little bit more toll. That being said, for internal medicine techs, I imagine the chronicity of some of those cases and just the, the slow linear progression takes the same kind of toll in a different way on them. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, and, and same thing too with general practice. So it, it's just, I, I think it's, it's much the same. It's just in a little bit different way. Yeah. And I've, I've worked in general practice and I've worked in emergency and, 
you know, when I made that switch to emergency, I, I kind of looked back at, at some of my colleagues that were still in general practice and the things that they were complaining about, I guess, for lack of a better term, I'm like, yeah, I don't even care about that stuff anymore. It's, it's, it's just a different mindset in emergency. Yeah. So I'm, like Jeff said, there's, there's stresses on every fee, every department of this field yeah. that, you, you know, I, I think sometimes the ER people, people go to ER because they like the chaos. They like constantly having stuff to do and, and constantly be moving and, and the, the critical nature of it. Um, but other people like the real, I don't want to say relaxed, that's probably not the right term, but the more uh, steady pace or scheduled thing of, of working in general practice where, you know, Jeff and I enjoy the the ones where we have to think about things and, and use our brains and, and be active in the in the treatment of these cases. But I think every, every department in this field has its own stressors that are uh, pushing people out of the field, really. Coming up on November the 14th with my good friend, Dr. Emily Tincher. She's been on the podcast a number of times. I love having her here. She is uh, she is such a fun, interesting person who's a deep thinker. And so anyway, she is doing uh, a webinar called Clinical Empathy, the exam room skill that can transform your team. And this is, I've had Emily on the podcast before talking about clinical empathy. This is a really good skill building uh, webinar. This is great for uh, for your support staff as well as your doctors, but your team leads especially, but uh, your technicians, your assistants, your CSRs, all of this is just, it's such a great communication content. I, I think you're going to really like it. So anyway, that is on November the 14th. It is at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. And then the last one in the series is on December 13th. It is with Dr. Simon Platt. It is called Head Cases, a Spectrum of Care Approach to Neurology in General Practice. So if you're a neurology buff, uh, if you like if you like seizures, not, not like seizures, if you like knowing about seizures, if you like uh, neurophysical exam tips, tricks, and hacks, things like that, uh, this is going to be a great webinar. So again, this is on December 13th. It's at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's 10 a.m. Pacific time. Gang, I would love to see you there. Links to all this stuff in the show notes. Go ahead and grab a spot. I'll see you there. Let's get back into this episode. Well, going back, going back to our our treatment plan, you know, for uh, for I'm not sure I want to do this anymore. So we talked a bit about Headspace. Recognize why you want to be here. I think that's, I think that's a great. I think that's a great sort of remembering your why point. Let, let's move into other into into other action steps, right? So once you come to that place and you sort of you do the reflection, and I, I talk to a lot of people who say, I do really love it. It's just I'm just unhappy. But uh, you know, I don't. I'm like Verizon Wireless is not calling out to me. <laughs> you know, I'm not like purpose driven <laughs> to be. You know, to be a cell right. phone salesperson, but. Uh, you know, the, the benefits are the, are the benefits are not bad and it's close to my house. And mm -hmm. I'm honestly thinking about, about going there. Um, so yeah, so let, help me, help me start to walk towards understanding what my options are. Well, the, as, as we, as the three of us know, this is a very small field. Um, yeah. everybody knows somebody, um, if there's something that you want to do, there's probably somebody, you know, or somebody that you are in direct contact with that has experience in that that department of the field, um, you just have to talk to people. You have to network. Um, I, I, I think, and we talk about this on the podcast a lot, is that, you know, when we first started out, social media was not a thing. And now social media is very wide and, you know, it's got its pros and cons. But one of the, one of the pros is that we can network with people that we would never have contact with 
years ago. Um, there's there's ways to find those career opportunities um, just by scrolling through social media, I think. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, and I think too, like, I, I think in some ways in this field, a lot of times we have almost a an adversarial relationship with our management team and depending on what that structure is. But I think if you are, if you're seriously contemplating leaving your clinic or, or changing jobs or whatever it is, I, I think an honest conversation with management and, and actually involving them is really important. Like, you know, because they, it's just like, don't look at it as just their manager and you're going to, you know, get fired or whatever, but they might actually be a resource to kind of, help network like yeah. Dave's talk like like I, I would hope that that person actually wants to see you succeed and and maybe that's not always the case but they might have suggestions for you or or this conversation of okay what do you like specifically about being here and your job here can we help do more of that and take away some of what you don't like so that you feel more valued here or you start to enjoy your job more or and again i realize maybe that's just rose-colored glasses but I, I think at some point like you have to have those conversations with the people that are are kind of responsible for the work that you do in in your clinic because otherwise it's just going to be the same old thing i i i love i love these points i think i think this is excellent so um you know i uh i, I start sort of thinking about thinking about this and so just, so i want to start with with david's point but like um boy 20 years ago the idea of technicians networking was just dumb like i and i would say that to people and they would just look at me like what are you talking about i think i think i think just point of social media coming up is is a is a huge one um it is huge it's been it's particularly huge for technicians because there are so many groups of technicians online things like that none of that stuff used to exist like all the practices were very siloed and the practice would even kind of try to keep the techs away from other techs because you didn't want them to right. jump you ship didn't want them and to go to notes. Yeah. No, you didn't want them to compare notes. You didn't want them to go. You didn't want them to jump ship and go to the place down mm -hmm. the road. Yeah. And so you're like, you know, I want to kind of keep my people here and, and, and their people can kind of be over there. And that's sort of an old school mentality. I think that has, has nicely kind of gone, gone away, but I think social media opened up a lot for that, but, but just the, um, and there's been so many technicians who, like yourselves who have said things like you should know, but you should go to CE. And again, that's another massive opportunity that mm -hmm. just wasn't there that long ago. You, there just wasn't a lot of tech CE and, and now there are so many more options. So I, I really do love that to Jeff's point about talking to management. You know, there's, there's sort of two, two pieces to it. Uh, the first is, you know, I'm a big believer in Brene Brown's saying that clear is kind, which is if you're seriously thinking about bailing, if you're, if you seriously think I like, I'm, I can't keep doing this. Um, is it kind to the place that you work to not say anything until you're totally toast and then just to give them your two weeks notice and be gone? You know, uh, is it kind to go get another job and like being like, all right, well, I'm, I gave, give them my two weeks because I'm already set up there. Like, that's not kind. Kind is saying, hey, I just want you to know kind of where I'm at. And this is what I'm starting to feel. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking for some opportunities to do some different things. Uh, and, you know, try to maybe get to do more of the things that I'm really excited about. Or I'm wondering if you guys have ideas for advancement for me or, or what my career development might look like. And savvy uh, leaders will, they'll, they'll make something. I, you know, I've done that with my people a number of times as they come and they're like, look, this is kind of what I'm looking for. And I go, well, I don't want this person to leave. Let's, let's figure out how to create some opportunities for them to see if we can sort of keep them here. 
I think going going originally sort of back to the um you know back to the candor of like maybe this in the right uh place for you it's it's a uh, I, I wrote an article it's probably been a, over a year ago but it was called like fairly truly well of of and this is sort of from the other side is from the management leadership side but it I don't think a, I don't think a lot a lot of people can do this but I have met more and more people who said you know what I'm, I hire these people and I want to train them and I want to grow them and I do that in the full knowledge that they might outgrow my practice they might come along and get skills and knowledge and they grow until there's really not much else here for them to do. And they're going to go somewhere else. And rather than resent that, rather than try to not let that happen, I'm just going to accept that that is going to happen. I'm going to continue to grow and develop people because it's morally right. And, and it's, it's what teaching is what I love to do. And I'm going to believe that karma is out there. And that good things will come back to me from growing people and then, you know, and, and, and even facilitating them going on to the next adventure. And I've just, but I've met enough of those people over the years and people who have worked for those people and then gone on that I, you know, it really, when you start thinking about what's important in life and, and the type of employer you want to be, I think that there's a lot to that, but it's not a mindset that comes naturally to people. People are, they generally want to, if they have talented people that work for them, they want to yeah, keep yeah. those people. And of course right. they do. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And, and the, it's, it's very easy, you know, from that managerial perspective to to become defensive and, you know, take it personally that this person is not happy in their role and they're not being oh. fulfilled. And, and and so it's, you know, you kind of have to lay down that armor a little bit and just be like, look, like what? Like we, we can we, we can do this. But like, you know, let's just have a conversation, have a couple conversations and involve some other people here about this, because probably that's not the only person in the clinic that feels that way. And yeah. it's not going to be the only person down the road that feels that way. And so we've got to yeah. find solutions. I, I heard, uh, I heard some terminology recently. I can't, I, someone told to me, but I can't remember where it comes from, but basically they were like, you know, there's, there's a couple of different types of really high flyers in, in a business. There's your superstars and there's your rock stars and your rock stars are people who are good at what they do. And they like coming out and playing the song and your superstars are the ones who are, they are going somewhere, meaning that they want, they are doing new things. They are trying new things and they are sort of soaring and the superstars are great. They're self-driven. You know, they, they know where they want to be. They want to grow. The, the downside to superstars is they're probably going to leave. Yeah, like yeah. they're probably going to come and they're mm -hmm. going to leave. And I just thought it was really interesting. The idea of just owning that to say, and th there are some people who are not interested in right. like in going on. They, they want to be very good at what they do and they want to remain challenged. And as long as they feel like they are good and they are challenged in their work and they do good jobs, like they're totally fine to punch the clock for 25 years you know, and, and do it. And that's not, a, it's not a bad thing. It's not a knock, but for those people who, uh, who are sort of superstars and feel like I'm really internally driven, I, I want to keep trying new things. I, I get bored easily that that can just be a different environment. And so it was funny because the, the point of sort of the, the article was you, you want to have a mixture of rock stars and superstars is you really don't want everybody who's gunning and trying right. to be a high flyer like you, like a couple of those people because they push everything forward. But it's also really good to have people who are happy to be, you know, sort of challenged in the way they were. So anyway, I just, I, th I thought that that was, I thought that was really interesting. What are your, uh, 
what are your sort of favorite resources for technicians? So obviously you guys, you guys have a podcast. It's called Vet Tech Cafe. Uh, it's an excellent podcast. As I said, I really, I really like it. I really enjoy it. Uh, it is, it is uh, a lot, a lot of uh, technician guests and talking to them about their careers and kind of lessons that they learned and things like that. Are there other, uh, are there other resources that you like for technicians? In terms of like podcasting or no, no, I was, I was more thinking in, in terms of, yeah, well, in terms of our action plan, I guess of, of trying to figure out where you want to go, what you want your, your career to kind of be like, yeah, just in, just in general, if somebody said, God, I'm feeling sort of stagnant, uh, not necessarily that I'm looking to, to, to go somewhere different or do something different, but I, I want something that's going to make me not feel stagnant. I, I would what, what advocate would for CE and, uh, you know, it used to be a, a very commonplace thing where everyone had like this CE allowance where they were, you know, could go to conferences that could go to different CE. And uh, many years ago, one of the one of the stipulations that I had with some of my CE was that if you're going to go learn something, come back and teach it. And I, I, I really enjoyed that. And I think that's probably what got me on my, my path to enjoying teaching and enjoying doing CE and things like that. But just going out and in networking with other people and getting some continuing education, you know, a lot of times you'll go there and you may not learn anything new, but the experience of being there and like we have this like post conference invigoration always. Right. When we come back, we're like, oh, I learned this thing. We're going to do this in our practice. And we get back. And a lot of times the, the people that we work with are like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Um, but, but if you come back invigorated and you can bring that to management and say, hey, we learned how to do this one little thing uh, with these types of cases, can we try and incorporate that? And and I feel like, you know, people that get stuck and stagnant and, and burned out and leave is because they're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And kind of back to Jeff's point about finding other things to do in your practice, you know, it's a little bit more... Uh, relevant to an ER referral practice because there are different departments. Uh, I feel like for me, the reason that I've stayed in this field so long is that I've done different things. I haven't been doing the one thing for 25 years. I've been doing different things. And I feel like if you go to CE, you learn about something and maybe that inspires you to try a different way or even move to a different department in your hospital to, to, you know, entertain your mind and make you more, um, useful and, and get you thinking instead of just doing the same thing over and over again. I, I feel like that's one of the things that I, I would recommend for people is to is to educate yourself. Um, there's there's a vast amount of knowledge and we are never going to learn all of it in this field. And I think sometimes people don't realize that 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 there's no limit to what we can learn here. And I, I found that the more that I educated myself and more that I went to CE, the more invigorated I was to stay in the field. I love it. Guys, I'm going to put links to uh, the Vet Tech Cafe in uh, the show notes. I'll put a link to the episode that I did with you guys a year ago. Yeah, if you yeah. want to hear us uh, flip it around and go the other way, yeah. uh, we can they can they can check that out. Thank you both so much for being here. Guys, thanks for tuning in and listening. Take care of yourselves, everybody. And that is the episode. That's what I got for you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again to Dave and Jeff for coming on. Gang, check out their uh, their podcast, Vet Tech Cafe. I said I'll put links into it down in the show notes. Uh, if you are enjoying this podcast, uh, one of the nice things you can do is leave me an honest review wherever you get your podcast. It always means the world to me. Uh, it's how people find the show. It's super important. So, uh, you know, like and share uh, the episodes if you enjoy them. Guys, take care of yourselves out there. Be well, everybody. Talk to you soon.